The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Welcome to Roundtable Talk. I am DC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engage. I'm a Wall Street alum, a LinkedIn top voice on racial equity, and I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey, D. I'm Mita Malik, a business leader, a DEI champion, a working mother, and my superpower is storytelling. Sure is. It sure is. And Mita and I started Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in their workplace. From my perspective as a Black woman and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. At our table, we unpack it all. We won't leave any juicy details out. And then we provide you with tips You need not on how to survive, but how to thrive in organizations. So, um, all right, I'm excited to get into our topic today. So, Mita, why don't you tell them what we're talking about? Can we just celebrate for a second? Season four. Thank you, LinkedIn Podcast Network. Thank you, our fans, women of color, allies. This is just amazing. I'm filled with gratitude. And Dee, appreciate you. I want to talk about today, yeah, this is a topic you and I actually have not talked about. So we, we save our really juicy conversations for all of you to listen in on. Burnout is real. Burnout is real. And I feel like I sometimes cannot say that out loud, that I'm struggling with burnout. And that's what I want to talk about. And I wonder if others out there, particularly women of color, are also struggling with this. Listen, I think so many of us are struggling with burnout. In fact, I know we are. And it's sending some of us to urgent care, to ER. I've had one or two stories of getting a text message, D, pray for me right now. I think I'm having a heart attack. Wait, what? Yeah. I, you know, how I'm feeling about it is what? We're two and a half years out of the pandemic, in the pandemic, into the next phase of the pandemic. As you know, I've got Priya and Jay, two young ones at home. I got a husband. I got my family, my mom. I've got a big job. And it is this state of, I feel, perpetual burnout. It's like this match that's the light is going off and on, right? And I feel, and this is an interesting conversation on inclusion, the divide between parents and non-working parents in our workplaces is becoming bigger with the pandemic and people just being kind of tired of hearing, I would say. I mean, empathy is there, but for those who aren't caregivers, they're like, okay, get over it. You don't have childcare. Centers are closed. I mean, there's a childcare crisis. There's a caregiver crisis in our country. So that on top of everything else we have to do... Uh, I'm just really exhausted and don't feel like I can catch up. The to-do lists, the the calendar, the meetings, the calls, WhatsApp, text, phone, Slack, email, FaceTime. You're like, oh my, it's like just overwhelming. And I also just want to say, 
I don't know. Sometimes I feel like as a woman of color, I don't know if I have the privilege to say I'm suffering from burnout because I don't know how it's going to be received by others. I'm afraid of what others will say or others will think of me and whether I can just boldly be like, I'm suffering from burnout because there has to be, I think, repercussions to that. You know what I'm thinking when you say how you feel about the perception of burnout, I'm thinking about Benildi Little. She says, you know, we don't have the luxury to have a breakdown. She was talking about Black women, but I think it's the same or similar for women of color. She said, we don't have the luxury. She said, she said, this is what a burnout or a meltdown or a breakdown is for us. She said, we have it. We just get up and keep moving and doing what we have to do. So we don't have the luxury. So even think about it from that perspective of could it be that even burnout and being able to manage through that and care for yourself is a privilege? It is. It is totally a privilege. And I know I have a lot of privilege, right? I have a really great job. My partner's working. We've got support. Uh, My kids are happy, healthy. So I am also talking about you know, as I talk about this experience, it is from a place of privilege I talk about it. But I wanted to tie it back to, you know, I always have a juicy story about vacation and taking time off, right, from an employer. And I'll never forget, D. a few years ago, I ended up going to Disney World. My brother brought us all to Walt Disney World with all of our kids. And uh, Disney World is no joke for anyone who's been in Florida with kids. It is, uh, as I say, D, not a vacation. It's called a family trip. Let's be clear. When people agree <laughs> like, on vacation. I'm like, no, it's a family trip. And it is intense, right? You got the passes. You've got the... It's a whole orchestrated thing. And my brother's a super planner. I think I was out for maybe four days. 72 hours for... My then boss, the former boss, would never let me forget it. It was like I was penalized for being off for those four days to be like weeks later in meetings. Oh, that's right. That's when you went to Disney World. So you missed that meeting. Oh, that's right. That's when you were out on vacation. So you, that wasn't prepared. Oh, and you know who we're talking about. So that, that experience I have need to heal from because now I feel like I don't have the privilege to take off time. I don't have the privilege to be disconnected for two weeks. Forget two weeks, four days, because of how I will be perceived, right? Will they think I'm lazy? Will they think I'm checked out? Will they think I'm disconnected, right? These are the things that go through my mind. And I wonder if others, and I wonder if particularly I'm going to put this out there because I'd love to hear from our allies and white men in particular, if they ever feel that way, right? Or it's like, oh, great, you were discharged, you were, you know, recharging, reconnecting, take that time. Where I feel like for me, in that one instance where I did it and disconnected, it was held against me. So now I'm very cautious, right? I'm very cautious of how I take my time off and really have trouble disconnecting. I cannot believe the conversation was keeping score and tracking and using it against you. That's when I had to reach out to your team for that data. Oh, right. The deck wasn't ready because you were out that way. Or it was a constant thing. And this same leader, this is really interesting, right? Because I want allies to be listening to this. This same former manager leader never wanted anyone on his team to put vacation on his calendar, meaning their vacation. He didn't want to know if you were out. 
because he wanted to have access to you 24-7. So when we would talk to the admin and say, oh, I'm going to take off this week. Should we put it on the calendar? She's, no, he doesn't want anyone's, any of his team's vacation on his calendar. That makes no sense. I, I manage a team now. I put their vacation. I want to know. If, I, if D's on my team, I want to know that D's taking next week off so I can properly make sure we close off this week and then make sure I give her the time. I respect that boundaries. But that is like, ooh, so it really bothers me, this whole like, you know, leaders listen in. It's like helping your team respect the boundaries they're setting. Like you have a responsibility. I can, I can set boundaries, but if my boss doesn't respect it, then what, what do those boundaries mean? Yeah. And I think, you know, now this is, the reason why this is a problem is just because this is a problem, but it's also, we see privilege in this. We see privilege in how dare you take vacation. It feels again, as a Black woman, sometimes what shows up for me, and and there's a continuum of, it's 16, 19 for me. It feels more like there's a master or it's a leader, but like a master who doesn't allow or, you know, and it shows up in a way of professional standards that do not suit us. The professional standards that currently exist are not conducive to anyone other than a single majority population in a lot of ways, right? Where if you are the single majority, in a lot of ways, you have the luxury to give 100% to your job because you may have other other resources, you've got other help, you're in leadership. So anyway, I'm telling you how I'm processing. Nobody judge me for this. Uh, in fact, I need everybody, all of our friends and listening, no shame, no shade, no judgment. This is just how I'm processing. You are, remember, as a sidebar, everybody, this is you are ear hustling on a conversation that you otherwise would not be privy to. It is a conversation of black and brown women and just our spirit experiences and then thoughts that show up. And to catch you up, we're talking about burnout. Okay. <laughs> Listen, D, you know what I love? I love when I surprise you with the story. I know. You seem genuinely shocked by that story. I'm like, I guess I never told you that story. It is, but it's, but. It, but I, and I know I'm not the only one. I know people listening there. Mm-hmm, that's happened to me. They're tracking my time. They're tracking when I'm taking time off, what I'm doing. And, you know, I think burnout, I really want to connect it to the, the current way of working, whether it's hybrid, remote, in the office a few days at home. Right now I'm working fully remote with traveling when I need to and going into the office to see people. But it is like my commute time is gone. I would love to just drive and get stuck in potholes again and sit in a red light <laughs> and go get my Starbucks, right? The commute time is gone in the, from the morning to the evening. I'm like barely brushing my hair, rolling up, 8 a.m., starting calls, right? It's like, you know, and then it's like, oh gosh, now I need a Zoom top for this. I need to actually put on makeup for this one. And it's like just the, the burnout of like being on camera, right? All day long. And I get it. We're a Zoom. I work in a Zoom heavy culture because you want that connection when you're talking to people. But then people are showing up into the office. They're traveling all the way to just show up on Zoom again with a colleague who's, I mean, it's just like that has to take a toll on us mentally, physically, and emotionally to constantly be like, managing that it's yeah. a it's a drain right it's like yeah, draining yeah. you so yeah so let's go deeper in connecting the dots to burnout the source of it in the workplace and source being the demands right the demands of the job the workload of the job 
the long hours, the disregard of personal space. So these are all of the things that contribute to what we're talking about in terms of burnout. And so I think as we talk about this, it's helpful just to identify the source. Okay, what is it? Because one of the things that really helped me early in my career, and I've used this with uh, clients that we've worked with, is remove all of the unnecessary stressors. Write that down, somebody. Remove all of the unnecessary stressors that are Yes, that are leading to burnout. And so if we think about, well, what is leading? So this is just about, let's just identify what is leading to it. So it's the demands, the long hours, the performing and whether or not we're living up to standards. Can we just say, can we put the, can we put the boss in that? It could be the boss, boss. right? It could be the colleagues, coworkers, the uh, low trust environment leads to burnout. And so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's necessary. And also just uh, external factors that may, right? The external factors that even complicate work and the work environment where, you know, a couple weeks back, we've seen big brands take a stance on what you can and cannot talk about at work. So moderating conversation and muting your voice. I mean, we we could go down a whole nother path, but we want to keep it here on work because we could talk about other rights being taken away. But I do like what you're saying. If you are part of a particular community, and let's talk specifically about historically marginalized communities, and there is harm being done to your community over and over again. You can't separate that when you're walking into work or showing up on Zoom. Whatever harm that may be, because there's many, we, we could have a whole another five hours on all the harm that's happening in the world right now. And for leaders not to acknowledge that that is piling up, the pandemic of COVID, the pandemic of racism, all of these things, right? And I'm showing up to work and I'm mentally fried. I'm exhausted. That is a big part of, I think, our burnout and that we have language and label for it, right? The emotional tax that people of color, women of color have to pay that is is only the tax for us. Now, I'm sure, you know, women can in general have a tax, but people of color have that. So what what I wanted to share about the work demands, I've received the message, D, pray now. I think I'm having a heart attack, but that's because of the burnout at work. Can you even fathom? Not even like, I think young 40s at the time. And, or D, uh, you know, can you say a prayer? I'm having heart palpitations. And, um, you know, and I really started to think differently about the burnout and, and stress, or I should say, what we've identified that is a attached to stress that leads to burnout. And burnout at a certain level is a crisis state. It's when we do not have, uh, or we have more demand than supply in terms of energy. But I will say some of it is self-inflicted and some of it is work-induced. Self-inflicted is when we don't have boundaries for the burnout. So it's when we are bringing work home. It's when we are responding to the calls. Now, I do know as a Black woman, again, that's some of what is required of us that is not required of other people. And it's sometimes, you know, expectations that are placed on us um, as part of the workplace culture. But also be mindful of the burnout that is self-inflicted of bringing work home, picking up the cell phone first thing in the morning, you know, being on and available 
available. You know, I've had to share this with my team. Do not send an email. I don't care that you work after hours, but do not send an email after 6 p.m. Set your send tomorrow at 8 a.m. I don't want an email going out from Diverse and Engage that is after six. In fact, it's really five, but it, because I have a few people, they're working after hours and that's fine. You do what you need to do. Listen, D, I'm not an, I'm not an Uber app. I'm not an Uber app. I am not available 24-7 at your beck and call. And I love my Uber app, but I'm not the Uber app, yeah. right? So it's very interesting that you bring this up because I had a former boss who would routinely text at 6 a.m. on a Saturday, 7 a.m., Sunday, and guess who was responding? Me. And so I created this relationship. I enabled it, right? Because I would respond. And I got smarter in terms of creating boundaries when that person, when I, when I changed managers and this sort of behavior would start, right? People would slide into your texts, texting you, you know, even 6 a.m. on a Monday. I wouldn't respond. I would wait till 8 and email them. You see, I'm retraining to say, hey, D, got your text about X, Y, and Z analysis that you need by five o'clock today. I'm on it. I'll be, you know, delivering it to you before then. And so then they start to, you start to retrain the person. Don't text me at 6 a.m. Even though I'm up at 6 a.m., I'm, the, the storm in my house is about to start. Not available. Not available. Let me help you out, friend. And every friend, everybody's like, I am not open for business yet. Personally, I am not open. I'm not on. I'm not available. Not open. There you go. I'm not open. I'm not open. Doesn't matter what time I get up. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm not open for you. That's right. I'm not open. I'm not open yet. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing. New currencies come and go. Decades of savings lost in days all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product, though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. uh, We'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so... We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. So let me just share this. So one of the things that I think works for leaders, for women, is level setting. And this is a way to manage burnout. And level setting is this concept of setting a boundary, a personal boundary, first thing in the morning. I have a personal boundary, and please, nobody judge me here, but I'm not open for business personally until nine. That means, although I am up at five, although you see me online, 
although I'm, I'm at the gym, although I'm walking my dog and doing a lot before nine, personally, I am not available to engage before nine mm-hmm. because when you do that, well, the concept is you give yourself to you before you give yourself away. It's actually a, a thing that I created for, for high-level women. It's called level setting. And it's the seven things you must do before your feet hit the floor in the morning. This is how you manage burnout. Wow. You have to get in front of it. And that's something that we say, uh, that's me with my therapy hat on is getting in front of it. And then me with the level setting is me and my coaching hat on. But seven things that you do before your feet hit the floor, because when your feet hit the floor in the morning, it's game over, game over. So you want to give yourself to you before you give yourself away, give yourself to your loves, right? If there's three other heartbeats in your house, right, Mita, you've got your yummy babies, you've got your honey, you know, those are three additional heartbeats. So it's first you, your other heartbeats. So you can't be open and available. You can do as you please. You can be online, you can do, you can deliver, you can lead, but you're not responsible for responding because that adds to burnout. Let Hold on, everybody. When you start and your day is way too long, let's just say you start at five or you start at six, and then you're on till six and seven and 12-hour days. These are self-inflicted wounds of burnout. These are ways that you have allowed for the burnout. And so that level setting is big, boundary setting is big. And then I do something else called the breakout block. But let me pause there because I just, I'm looking at your face, you're processing. I love it. I love it. I'm processing. And you know what? I've grown up in a corporate culture in my career. It's cool to be busy. It is cool to be busy. Busy, 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 busy. You should be up early working. You should be up till, you know, you should be available. Like that's, that's how I was trained. And so, and also there's a cultural piece too, right? I want to talk about this, like just being welcoming, hospitable, always being at service, always being available, always going above and beyond because some, you know, as women of color, I'll speak for myself as a Brown woman. I always haven't had that privilege. There's a, sometimes there's a privilege in setting boundaries, right? right? Isn't there a privilege in setting boundaries when I go back to that former leader who didn't receive it well? I think what you're saying, I love because as an executive now, I can follow a lot of that advice and I should. I think it's really hard when you're early in your career. There's a there's an absolute privilege. There's a privilege to be able to set boundaries when you work and you get a paycheck for someone other than yourself. You are absolutely right. Because I'm thinking about the level setting that I've done when I was in corporate versus now as a CEO. I do have privilege, um, but I've shared this with our executive clients um, in coaching. No, you have the privilege of level setting. You may not have as much time. Yes, Um, And I think you're right, even Mita, and I love that you just teased this out a bit in that We have privilege as successful, mature professionals and leaders versus when we were young. No, we didn't have the luxury. We couldn't leave at five. You you shouldn't leave at five. You shouldn't take a long extended lunch. No, you're not going to do a breakout block in the middle of the day. That's insane. You're going to lose your job. No, you need to be working. But those are the kinds of things I'm going to say that high performers really take on and how you become successful. 
But I love what the, the tips you give, you know, that you're practicing as a CEO and founder and what you're giving other high-level executive women. You can still use some of those no matter where you are in your career. Like you could find 30 minutes for yourself. You could find an hour. There are still ways that you can set boundaries, maybe not all the way what you want. The other thing I just want to say is like, it is such a privilege and honor to do this podcast with you because I think one of the reasons we did it is because there are all these things that we people weren't saying out loud, that women of color weren't saying out loud. So the trauma in the workplace, the things that we experience every single day, all of that piles up and adds to my burnout. It's just one more thing. The everyday, you won't say microaggressions, right? D, we call things what they are at this table, which is racist experiences, right? Are you really ready for the next level? You need more points on the board. Your English is so great. How'd you get rid of your accent? Can you help me put on a sorry? All the things we've talked about for so many episodes, all those things are like piling up and they add to the mental exhaustion as well. So I'm happy to have the space for all of us to actually say those things out loud because I think there's healing in that and processing. And I think it helps, helps, helps just a little bit with preventing burnout. So Dee, before we go into tips, I have to bring this up because over the years you have encouraged me to do this and then we had the pandemic and now we have to do it. And as an executive, you have said me that you've got to do this. And your work hack is called the breakout block. Tell us what it is and why we need to be doing this. Yeah. You know, the breakout block is where you take ideally a three hour block of time during the work week, during the work day. It can't be on a Monday, Friday. I know I already see your face like this. That's insane. (laughs) Um, It can't be on a Monday or Friday, but it is where you go off the grid for three hours during work for the purpose of raising your mindset, your health set, or your wealth set. And what it is, is it's you're disrupting yourself. This is a hack for high performers. So I share this with our clients and our training. It is really necessary. In fact, on the other side of COVID, this is how you're going to manage burnout, how you're going to jumpstart your creativity if you're if you're blocked or you're feeling some kind of way. And so, yeah, so you do something in that three-hour block of time that it has to raise your health set, your mindset, or your wealth set. So you step out of the office or you step out of the home. You know, I, just to give an example, I go to the racetrack, the race car track, the indoor race car track. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I put on that helmet and I am going around that racetrack and it does something in that it takes my mind off of work. And when I come back, I'm feeling so clear. I'm feeling so creative. I'm feeling so motivated and so charged. And so I often do the spa. I mean, you can do also a high level meal or breaking bread with someone. But again, it cannot be an errand. It can't be anything that you typically would do. It needs to be something that falls into that. Uh, A sound bath is something I like to do. A week ago, I spent Look at your face. A week ago, I was at the Black-owned, amazing, Forbes, top-rated, finest properties in the world. It's called the Salamander. It is Black-owned by Sheila Johnson. And I spent a couple days there with other CEOs, uh, Black women CEOs. We call it the sister CEOs. And it was a breakout block. It was an extended breakout block. All right, I'm doing this with you next, this season. We're celebrating season four. I'm doing a breakout block. I'm going to go race. All right, there you go. All right, D, we're going to go into our tips. And I want to do tips for allies, actually, uh, because I think it's really important for any ally listening and you're thinking about women of color in your life, at work, in your communities, suffering from burnout. What can you do? 
I think number one, help protect the time for the people in your life to disconnect and recharge. Help me, help D, help us protect our time. When we set those boundaries, help us protect them. Number two, understand what those signs of burnout are. Help others look out for them and believe them. We always say this, it's believe us. If I am suffering from burnout, believe me, D, take us home for three. And number three, be aware of what's happening in the world around us and how it's impacting how others are showing up, how you're showing up. Just know that there is a direct connect and a correlation largely for, I think, the world in general, but definitely for people of color, for women of color. We are heavily weighted and carrying often things that are happening outside of the workplace. So there you go. There we go. Thank you, Dee. I love doing this show with you. Thanks to our community. Thanks for listening today. If you liked what we had to say, please leave us a review and please share this with somebody in your community who needs to hear this conversation today. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Side effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.browntabletalkpodcast.com.